Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And happy Wednesday to everybody. Glad you're with us on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg. Always glad to uh, promote First Bank. Always thankful for their sponsorship of our studios and, of course, the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us today, whether you're online or listening at one of our Super Talk affiliates. Russ Anderson is the Associate Commissioner of Conference USA. He's going to be joining us here in just a couple of moments, and we've got lots of questions for Russ. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Looking for barbecue? Want to eat good food? Dickie's Barbecue is the answer. Open seven days a week here in Hattiesburg, right next to the mall or in a community near you. You can enjoy their delicious food. You can order online, of course, have it ready when you go. You can drive through the uh, drive through window, pick up your food. You can have it delivered to your house, or you can uh, dine in uh, with limited seating at Dickie's Barbecues here in Hattiesburg and around the state. All right, Kelly Sander will be joining us a little later in the show, but we're always happy to have the Associate Commissioner of Conference USA on the on the Eagle Hour, and Russ Anderson has always made himself available to us, and we're grateful to you for that. Good to hear your voice. How are you? Good. Always good to be on with you guys. You're COVID-free, we hope. Yes, I am. Okay, well, good deal. <laughs> I've been staying home a whole lot uh, in order to maintain that, as well as wearing my mask when I do go out. Well, yeah, we're all we're all in that boat, Russ, and uh, we just uh, continue to have to have to soldier through. All right, so since we've talked to you last, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Mountain West, the MAC, the Southland have all bowed out of football this fall, but there's six conferences. SEC, ACC, Big 12, AAC, Conference USA, and the Sun Belt. My buddy Luke Johnson referred to them last week as the stubborn six. Are they the stubborn six or, or maybe the the six that seem to have a grip, uh, a grip on how they can move forward and, and protect their athletes, Russ? Well, you know, uh, I certainly think, you know, that is the, our, our number one priority is, uh, you know, making sure that the health and, and the safety of our student athletes, our coaches, and other, uh, you know, university uh, personnel, that, that really is the number one thing. And uh, we have spent an extensive amount of time over the last several months. Uh, we have a, a COVID-19 committee for the conference that has been in consultation with uh, numerous medical professionals. And, uh, you know, we've developed a, a, a pretty long list of, of guidelines and protocols that are going to need to be maintained in order to uh, to keep all of our our people as safe as possible during the upcoming uh, fall season. In a nutshell, Russ, when football starts, and we all hope that it does start, when it starts, in a nutshell, how how are Conference USA games going to be different from the perspective of what the fan experiences? Well, be, first of all, beginning with um, – you know, the amount of fans and or even if fans are allowed to uh, to be able to attend uh, games, that, 
you know, kind of the first part, and that's something that really is a local governmental decision as far as how many people are allowed to um, gather. So that is something that may vary um, from conference to conference. Um, there'll be some differences in, uh, you know, the team bench areas have been extended to create some more room on the uh, sidelines for the teams to be able to social distance better. There will be less people on the field in, in general. Only absolutely essential uh, people will be allowed down there. Um, and then anyone who is on the sideline, and, and this includes officials, this includes, uh, you know, the ball um, or the chain crew and that, they're all going to have to be tested in order to be on the field. Um, bands will not be able to, uh, to play on the field. Bands and cheer will actually probably be in the stands. And, and do, you know, they're what they normally would do from the stand. Again, keeping the social distancing up. So, you know, I definitely, you know, think it, it will look different. Um, but that's, you know, it, it's where we are and it's all in the interest of safety. Okay, so no cheerleaders on the field, no bands playing at halftime. Did I understand that correctly? That's correct, yes. Okay. Luke? Well, they're, well, they're playing, but they're going to have to play from the stand. Right, exactly. Right. All right, Luke, jump in. Russ, Stubborn 6 wasn't a, a cut down. I actually took it as a compliment. I think Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated named that. And I was, I was saying I'm, I'm privileged to be part of the Stubborn 6, you know. So, uh, don't take that as a shot towards Conference USA. We, uh, we, we like it here. But, you know, we've seen so many rumblings out of the Big Ten. James Franklin coming out today talking about how frustrated he was. We, we've commended the leadership of Conference USA because it seems like when you guys have these calls, it's not just presidents on that call. You have included the athletic directors. Has that really helped the conference? Um, because it seemed like in some of the other conferences there was frustrations between you know university presidents and athletic directors because not everybody was included on the conversation. Well, I, I can't speak to other conferences, but I can to ours, and I think that we have had uh, really tremendous communication throughout this whole process. Um, you know, at the AD level, they have been meeting. Uh, basically about twice a week for, you know, the last five months, uh, for the most part, with all of the different issues that we've, uh, we've had to tackle. And you're right, uh, the, uh, some of the ADs have been a part of some of the board meetings as well when, when some of these really major issues are, are being discussed. And I think that's uh, really important that uh, everyone is participating uh, throughout these processes. Russ, uh, we've had in the last uh, 24, 48 hours, we've had four Southern Miss players who have opted out. Uh, I think three of the four are transferring. Um, you know, the conference's standpoint on that, could you just provide our listeners kind of, uh, you know, it, it's a new rule from the NCAA. Um, you can opt out. Your scholarship's there. You don't lose an eligibility. Is the conference in, in favor of that, and do they think it provides better opportunities for Conference USA athletes? Well, I think we're, you know, it's something that we're seeing, you know, all over, all over the place. And as far as, you know, maybe some of the, I think there's, there's a lot of roster movement happening this year that may not occur in some other years, you know, as, a, as it relates to the, you know, the COVID situation. I think that is affecting uh, uh, some of this as well this fall. So, Russ, we think a lot in terms of football for the fall, but what about the other fall sports? Is it, is it full go uh, with all the other uh, athletes that will be participating in their various sports this fall? You know, a full determination has not been made uh, on that yet. 
Um, I think it, a lot of people probably saw late last week the NCAA made the decision that they were not going to hold fall championships um, this, this fall. Um, but what has not been determined by the NCAA is, are they going to hold those fall championships in the spring if the sports like volleyball and soccer uh, move to the spring? And I think that's something that is out there that, um, you know, we want our student-athletes to be able to not only play for conference championships, but to be able to go on and, and play in NCAA championships. And so I think that's something that hopefully we're going to get an answer to very soon that may help determine uh, when our fall sports are played, if they're in the traditional fall uh, calendar or if they move to the spring. All right, so that decision has not been made about those sports. Correct. <clears throat> okay. And what about basketball? Is, is basketball, uh, we've been told it's considered a winter sport, not a fall sport, but of course it starts in November. So uh, what right now is, is the status of CUSA basketball, Russ? You know, I think there have been some discussions, but, you know, no, no decisions have been made at this point uh, on basketball. I think uh, we got to kind of clear this first hurdle and make sure that we can get uh, football and our other sports, if, if they go that route, uh, you know, get those off the ground. And then I think basketball will uh, will take a larger focus then. Okay. Luke, fire one more question at him in this uh, break. And if we can hold him over, I'll have a couple more questions from him on the other side. Russ, Old Dominion obviously canceling their season. Was there is there ever or was there ever a number where the conference said if this many teams uh, can't compete in the fall, we'll scrap the entire season? Um, you know, I don't know that there was a, a specific number put out there. Um, you know, I would, uh, you know, if, if more than half the league, for instance, decided they weren't, well, then that probably wouldn't make sense, uh, you know, to go and move forward. But uh, you know, at least it, it, it appears Old Dominion uh, will be, you know, appears to be the only one um, that will will go that route here, um, and we'll go with 13 this year instead of 14. Go ahead, Luke. You got good the- deal. Well, we're um, we're about to be up against a, a break, Russ. If you can hang around um, with us, and Bob and I got a couple more questions for you. Cool with that? Sure thing. All right, we're talking to Russ Anderson, who is the Associate Commissioner of Conference USA. Always uh, grateful for his time. Uh, Russ is uh, responsible for football and baseball. We're not going to let him off the show with asking a couple of baseball questions. Uh, He knows about our love of Conference USA baseball. So more conversation with Russ Anderson from CUSA on the Eagle Hour. To the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. We're talking to Russ Anderson, Associate Commissioner of Conference USA. Always uh, glad to have Russ on the show. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, uh, sponsoring this segment of the Eagle Hour. Great place to buy 
Southern Miss Apparel, merchandise for your home or car. You can buy it uh, in the store Monday through Saturday or online at campusbookmart.net. All right, Russ, uh, Old Dominion uh, obviously pulled out for the year. I'm just curious, what uh, did that come as a surprise to the league, and uh, what was the reaction, and what was the what was it that Old Dominion said was uh, you know the, the the final thing that made them make such a you know unique decision? Well, you know, I think the each individual uh, institution can be different in this, and, and they you know basically were were not one hundred percent you know comfortable in, in moving ahead, and we respect that. Um, so you know we will move ahead. We um, um, it'll be a little um, different, you know, having a program that that's not playing, and then they're talking about maybe playing, a, you know, a, a, some sort of a spring schedule that's really, you know, not been determined, you know, who they would play or how many games and that. But um, you know, we'll uh, we'll just we'll move ahead, and uh, we, re- we respect that, and we'll uh, we'll move ahead without them for this one year. Okay, but in no way that will affect their standing with the league. And no, no, okay. not at all. Now, the other school we heard uh, was uh, having some issues was uh, Texas El Paso, that they had had to uh, stop all their football practice because of uh, COVID situation there. Does the league expect El Paso to, to be ready to go and uh, kick off the year with the rest of the league? Yeah, expect uh, they, they returned to practice a couple of days later. I mean, that's, I think we've seen this around the country. Um, schools have a, uh, you know, a, a small little and I say small because any case is important, but, you know, four or five kids maybe get tested, uh, test positive, and they'll, they'll halt it for a day or two and just make sure that there isn't, you know, any sort of outbreak continuing, mm-hmm. and then they return. And that's, you know, that's something we've seen all over the place. But uh, they're back practicing, and, and, and knock on wood, everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Enough, so. Well, it's been so odd from our perspective. I mean, just this week, we're two weeks out from from the opening of the season, and just this week, Southern Miss is is you know finds out Tennessee Tech is not on the schedule now. Now North Alabama is on the schedule. We've never really seen anything quite like it. I, I'm sure you haven't either. Today was really the first indication that I've heard about any policies as to how the games are going to be conducted. When you said uh, cheerleaders are not going to be on the field, bands are going to be performing from the stands. But we're here in Hattiesburg just a couple of weeks out, and we really have no indication as to what the attendance situation is going to be like. Did I understand you to say that the league will not be involved in those decisions at all, that that will strictly be an institutional decision? An institutional and a governmental decision. You know, we're. Uh, for instance, whatever the you know either the state of Mississippi or is it Forest County? I think that Hattiesburg yes, is in. Right. Um, you know, it depends on what what the rules are in place. Say on you know going into that South Al game, what the rules are in place as far as uh, amount of people that can gather, you know, in a certain and certain um, area, and that's why you know you're seeing in different places that one school may be allowing eleven thousand. Because of the size of their stadium, one another one may be allowing twenty five thousand because of the size of their stadium. Um, so it, it relates to that, and that the, the government really is the the overriding um, force on that sort of decision. Right. So that's something the the league really has no real legal authority to impose one way or another. Correct. Correct. Yes. Right. All right. Before I turn you over to Luke, and uh, we'll wrap this up, I, I want to give you a chance to comment. Of course. Uh, 
we're all down here watching very closely uh, baseball coach Corky Palmer and hopeful hopeful that he's going to recover from some serious health issues he's had. Uh, I'm sure that had kind of a ripple effect up in the league. He, he's a very prominent uh, name uh, in the history of uh, Conference USA Baseball. Am I right, Russ? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I got the news from, from Coach Barry late last week and was, you know, obviously – my first initial thought was, you know, stunned and saddened to hear about it. And, um, you know, I think there's a whole lot of people around Conference USA. They're praying for Corky to, to uh, recover 100% from this. We know that um, that's, it's going to be a little bit of a road ahead uh, for him, but we certainly are all praying for the best. Right, and one thing I've observed in my years of covering it is that the, the baseball league has got a real family atmosphere to it. Luke and I uh, – very fortunate to have befriended uh, some of the coaching at the at the Florida Atlantic and enjoyed watching tournament games with some of their coaches. And uh, I just think that family atmosphere probably a little more affected uh, when such a prominent member of, of the league's uh, history is, has fallen ill. Absolutely, everybody you know who who certainly coached during the period that that Corky was um, was coaching loved him. And I think, you know, some of our current coaches have gotten to know him. He's, he's been a regular hanging around our, our tournament um, because <laughs> yeah. it's in South Mississippi so much. And I think they've all enjoyed getting to meet and know him as well. And, I mean, everybody who, who does get to meet and, um, and talk to him for a little bit, you, you love the guy. Right. He's such a, a tremendous person. No question about that. All right, Luke, uh, you got anything else uh, for Mr. Anderson? Russ, I just was making sure y'all had uh, forgiven him for just giving it to y'all during the uh, rain delay year. I mean, that was a spectacle up there in the the, the press box. <laughs> the 2005? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, recently on the coast, we heard him telling you guys he couldn't understand why you were delaying games for lightning. He used to sit on the beach in aluminum lawn chairs and watch the lightning for fun. <laughs> Oh, there's, right. only, there's only one for, for sure. A couple more questions for me, Russ. Um, how important was it for the conference when we when we made the decision to, to press forward to basically give each and every uh, institution member in the conference the ability to schedule as many non-conference games as they needed? I think it was very important. You know, there's it's multifaceted. You know, some of these have they been able to get? There'll be television, some national television with it. You know, we were able to. Uh, to get some games with the ACC and uh, a couple with the Big 12 as well. So that, that's really good. Um, and, you know, th- th- you want opportunities for your student-athletes, too. And, you know, we're going to see on this, not everyone is going to play 12 games, and that's okay. Um, you know, I think we're going to see schools playing probably anywhere from 9 to 12, um, depending on, on, on that individual institution. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of other factors. I mean, the crazy part, though, is, like you referenced a little while ago, to be sitting here in the middle and moving toward late August and, and games are being added or changed. I mean, that is absolutely unheard of. Usually there's nothing past March or April that changes on a football schedule, but not this year. <laughs> help, help our listeners understand also. So, like, yeah, this is all this went down. I went outside yesterday morning to work in my yard. I come back in three hours later, and Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech schedule completely changed. You know, walk our listeners just for a second through, like, okay, Louisiana Tech needs to have a, a, a September twelfth 
you know, uh, against Baylor. That's good for Louisiana Tech. They, they get some power five money there. But Southern Miss has to then change their game with Louisiana Tech. Does all that go through the conference office, or is that Jeremy McLean talking to Louisiana Tech and then pulling it off together? It ultimately is the schools, you know, you need to agree to that. Once we've put out the initial schedule um, it, to make a single change like that, you know, the schools need to be in agreement. Um, but it was something that um, it certainly, you know, for Louisiana Tech, certainly made financial and exposure sense with getting to play that Baylor game. And it was a, a pretty simple change, just moving that game um, back by one week, uh, especially when Tennessee Tech uh, pulled out of the game against Southern Miss, it created that opportunity. All right, Russ. Well, we always appreciate your time. You're always very gracious about coming on our show. We know you got a lot on your plate right now, so we're especially uh, grateful to you for coming on today. And uh, we hope you stay safe and secure out there. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you, guys. All right, Russ Anderson, everybody. He's the Associate Director of Conference USA. Boy, he's been a friend to us, Luke. He's uh, been on the show many times and and, and rarely, if ever, has uh, turned us down when we've asked for an interview. Yeah, and, and sometimes when we're up in the press box and, uh, you know, at, at the Conference USA tournaments, they don't run me and you out like they probably should half the time. Correct. Because I know one thing, man, when they put out that food up there in the Shucker Stadium, wow. we were all on it. I, I think, you know, in my history of being in press boxes, I've, I've tasted some pretty good food and some really terrible food. That's pretty much like eating in a good restaurant. Uh, that's another reason I'm just heartbroken that the conference has elected to leave the stadium down there, Luke. We got pretty used to that, didn't we? We got used to it, and there's nothing like drinking a cold Barks root beer from the mothership in Biloxi, Mississippi, where it all came from in the 1800s, right? That's, That's exactly what I did. Right. I think I got dehydrated. I drank so many one day sitting out there in the sun. But, yeah, we always appreciate Russ coming on. And, hey, we'll just take a little road trip over to Ruston next spring. There we go. Well, we're going to do that for sure. Russ Anderson, Associate Commissioner of Conference USA. So many weird things uh, going on right now. Hopefully, before the show's over, we'll have a chance to break the Southern Miss schedule down a little more. I got into it a little bit yesterday, but man, oh man, here we are. You know, it is it is the end of August here, August 19th, and we still don't know who's going to be in the stands, who's not. We don't know, I guess, ultimately, who's going to play who. It has just been a very, very weird year. And uh, we're just going to carry on. Hopefully, two weeks from now, Golden Eagles taking on South Alabama. We'll find Kelly Sander, bring him into the conversation next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Wednesday, appreciate Russ Anderson of Conference USA for joining us in those first two segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Home of the 895 lunch, entree, side, and a free drink. All for 895. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. 
and beautiful downtown Laurel. Uh, while uh, your kids are starting to get back in school, maybe they need to get back in shape. Also, D1 Training and DBAT are there to help you and your family, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg in the old Getty Town uh, building, right there beside Best Buy, uh, D1 and uh, DBAT. Great instructors, absolutely tremendous facilities. Go check them out, DBAT and D1 Training, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Santer joins us. And, Bob, I didn't know if you wanted to, to introduce him, get his juices flowing yeah. like back in the day with uh, with WDAM. So go ahead. Are you ready? I'm we're, ready. Let's we're go. We're always on your side. And now sports with Kelly Center. Good <laughs> evening to you. Uh, Kelly Center from the sports desk, keeping you up to date with Down to Earth. Sports information. <laughs> How's that? Starting in Conference USA, good. we just heard from Russ Anderson, but Appalachian State, actually, which is not in Conference USA, but we'll tell you the tie here in a minute. The Mountaineers have shut down their their program because of several positive COVID tests. So the entire football team has been put on quarantine, and where it does affect Conference USA is that Charlotte, was supposed to be the very first game that App State played this year. So now the Niners are without an opponent because Appalachian State, uh, which is in the Sunbelt Conference, has uh, been shut down now. Of course, if any more positive tests come Appalachian State's way, then the meter will start all over again. So Charlotte's game with App State has been canceled. Also from Conference USA, the on-again, off-again football game between Baylor and Louisiana Tech is back on. The Big 12 had announced that they were just going to play conference games and then said that schools were allowed to go play maybe a couple of extra games outside of the conference. Well, when the conference initially announced it was going to be conference only, Baylor canceled the game with La Tech, but then when got the flexibility to schedule a game, they put La Tech back on the schedule. So La Tech and Baylor are set again to play at Baylor. And more bad news on the high school scene and the public schools in Mississippi. A Covington County School Seminary, a 3A team nicknamed the Bulldogs, uh, they had some positive COVID tests this week, so that program now has been shut down for three weeks, including their first couple of regular season games that have been canceled. And, of course, as more as school gets into session longer, you would expect, and public health officials expect, that there will be more positive tests. So a lot of the high school schedules you would think are going to be fluid. Again, Seminary is out of Covington County, kind of in the south-central part of the state. So that's the way it looks from here on this Wednesday, August 12th. Now we're turning you to the studio, Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Random fact, random fact about Seminary High School football team. Brian Riles, their head coach, he coached me at West Jones. He is the man that taught me how to punt. There we go. Shout out to the seminary today and Coach wow. Riles. Yeah, back on the West Jones football field. I could kick field goals really good, but he said, you need to learn how to punt. And a wise man he was. Yeah, got you a college scholarship, did it not? Sure did. Go yeah. ahead, Bob. What were you saying? No, I was just going to say, guys, you know, the, the, the this COVID thing, in, in a sense, reminds me of lightning delays in football. You know, you, you wait 30 minutes and you get started and there's another bolt of lightning, so you're out for 30 more minutes. It's almost the same thing, Luke, with COVID. If you, if you test positive, you're down for two weeks, so you come back a week. If somebody else tests positive, then you're you're out for another two weeks. 
here's here's the thing about it, and and I know this to be true, like for for Northeast Jones, right? Because we talked about them yesterday, and I'm sure for any smaller school, seminary also. Here's what you get: say say somebody in your secondary gets uh, diagnosed with COVID, right? How many of the skill guys in high school football play both ways? Like your 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 starting running back, maybe maybe safety or or cornerback, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's not unheard of that a tight end or, or shoot, I mean, even a fullback plays, you know, linebacker. So what happens if someone inside that group gets sick? Well, then guess what? You may have lost both sides of the ball, your skill players, and. What's going to happen also when when a, an offensive lineman like a center or a defensive tackle, they've been all around everybody. You could lose, because a lot of the linemen go both ways, so you could lose your entire uh, big guys uh, for, for two football games. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I would not want to be the coach to have to tell my star defensive tackle, uh, you can't play. <laughs> right, right. Why? I haven't tested positive. No, but that's just the way it is, and I think your point is taken that the smaller schools are, are, are going to take a bigger beating in this deal because, because there isn't as much talent available, just sheer numbers-wise. You know, some of the bigger 6A schools, if a guy gets sick, well, it's next man up. You know, but the 2 and 3A schools, and even 4A to a degree, not to mention the 1As, uh, yeah, you get you get a guy like that that goes down, um, you know, it's, it's going to be significant. But talking to more and more high school coaches across the state, um, They'll generally just say, now, look, if we can get five or six games in, we'll, we'll be happy and we'll just have to call it a year. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we can get five or six games in. But then what do you do with the playoffs? You know, if, if you do only get, like I said, the MHSAA, you know, and I applaud the fact that they're trying to, to trudge forward. But again, then at the end of the year, you're going to have a lot of decisions to make. If, if some, you know, they go, well, we'll base it on your district record. Well, if, if one team played, you know, Team A, and the next team didn't get to play Team A because Team A had a COVID outbreak, you, you don't have – normally you would have mirrored schedules in the districts. But that may not be the case. So it's going to be tougher to decide who truly are your top seeds uh, when it comes playoff time. But they do have until, you know, November to figure that out. But uh, – yeah. But on the Appalachian State front, man, it, it wasn't just one. It was several players mm-hmm. tested positive for COVID. And they've just been back into practice, you know, uh, only about two weeks now. So App State is there. They've shut the doors, you know, for, for now. And the AAC, by the way, at a meeting of their governing board yesterday said full speed ahead. The AAC is playing football. End of story, period. You know, Kelly, one thing that strikes me, too, is uh, with high school and colleges, it's uh, just watching the news the last uh, few days. You know, now Notre Dame and Michigan State have shut their campuses down uh, because of COVID outbreaks. seems to me that you you could have more control over high school kids because they live at home with their parents. There clearly is no control over college students. I mean, you know, they're, they're just piling into bars and, and doing everything that they've been asked not to do. And these universities now are having to reverse course, you know, and go to online classes. But am I right? It, it may be a little easier to control kids in high school. Actually, with all due respect, I disagree. Really? Um, I think, well, when you, if you've had high school kids, you know, I, I think the time that you see your kids the least is when they're in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they, they go to school in the morning, and then they usually have some type of extracurricular activity at night 
or they're working, a, you know, heaven forbid they would have a part-time job. Uh, oh, no, you can't do that. Come on. Don't get carried away. In the old days, kids yeah. did that. Yeah, I know. Um, but, but if they are working, you know, and, and are mingling with people at, at extracurricular activities, then you're just opening yourself. And I know the social distancing and the mask and all that, but there's still, as we've seen on the sports front, and as diligent as coaches are working to, to make sure that everybody's safe, it's not anything necessarily that we're doing wrong as far as these protocols go. It's just the, you've got to give this virus respect in the sense of how contagious it is. Right. You know, it's, it's just, and, it, and again, it's, we've used the word whimsical. You don't know who's going to get it. You don't know how badly they're going to be infected. So um, let's just hope we don't ever have to go through this. Well, you're right. You know, and we thought yesterday, boy, yesterday, that was a good sign. 300 cases. We'll back up to 1,348 now, uh, which would actually be yesterday. Another 36 deaths yesterday. So it hadn't gone anywhere, Kelly, and, and football's right here on top of us. And the only decision that we're really waiting to hear from, from officials at all the levels, uh, the National Football League, the New England Patriots, have said now their first four home games, uh, there won't be any fans in the stands. But somebody joked now that Tom Brady is gone, there wouldn't be any fans in the stands anyway. <laughs> but the first four Patriot games will have no fans, so there's at the pro level. And we're still waiting for the word from Governor Tate Reeves as yeah. to what percentage the stadiums are going to be allowed to, to fill, which they, they seem to be zeroing in on the 20% figure, uh, a 20% mm-hmm. figure, which, you know, you couldn't probably even hear 20% of the fans right. uh, in, in a game. Um, so we haven't heard that word yet. Um, and, and, of course, the high schools, they've already made the determination two two people right. per player. <clears throat> so it's um, it's not going to be... Well, they need to let USM know something. Just because State and Ole Miss are not playing in two weeks doesn't mean it's not important to make a decision here. Southern Miss is playing. And, in fact, the South Alabama game with Southern Miss, people are talking now that that might be a nationally televised game because it'll be the only game in town. And one of the first, if not the first, college football game played this year. Russ indicated to Luke and I thinks that may very well be on CBS Sports Network, nationally televised. Uh, that's a Thursday night, right, guys? Thursday night game? It is. Yeah, yeah. Thursday night. When we get back from the, the break, want to talk a little more about that. And, Kelly, we got some uh, just a little indication of what attendance might be. So stick around with us. Uh, final segment with Luke, Bob, and Kelly on the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located online at toyotahattiesburg.com and on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. If you go on their website, uh, you can pick out, uh, view their inventory, pick out the cars that you want to see, then go on Highway 98 and look at them, take a test drive, and make your next vehicle purchase from Toyota of Hattiesburg, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We continue with Kelly Sander. And guys, before, uh, before we went to break, you know, just mentioned 
about uh, attendance and tailgating, and, and Russ Anderson did bring up the fact that it is a it is a local jurisdiction, so it's a state decision. Could even be uh, Forest County ramifications in that. But as uh, we saw yesterday, it, looking you know for Governor uh, Tate Reeves, what the plan he'll come out with. What I'm hearing is it's going to be roughly a 25 percent capacity. That kind of matches as we've seen other universities come out today uh, with uh, capacity plans somewhere in the neighborhood. Of 25%, that would make it a little, a little under 10,000. Uh, obviously, Eagle Club season tickets uh, should let a few students in there. Uh, I'm not sure if the entire Pride of Mississippi will, will be in there. Um, but it looks like, of course, South Alabama will have a, a few uh, seats given to them, too. So expect somewhere, I think, in the 25% capacity. But none of that's official until Governor Reeves rolls it out. Now, I don't want to... I don't want to frighten anybody on the campus, Kelly, but do you think the Dixie Darlings will be allowed to be there? Well, as long as they don't offend anybody, Bob. Okay. Well, I just want they'll, to they'll be under strict. They will be under strict orders. Do not offend anybody. And Luke, how are the cheerleaders going to cheer from the stands? I thought that was an odd thing Russ said. I just uh, I don't want to see them, you know, getting thrown up in the air over concrete. So we need to make sure that that's, they they change that. I, I should add, um, rumor has it probably won't be tailgating on campus, maybe for the entire season. Now, if you if you cross uh, Highway 49 or or you cross uh, sections of Fourth Street or get down on you know Seventh Street. Uh, they can't really control it, but it looks like they're not going to be that any any tailgating. Also, none of that's official. Well, then, just kind of hearing that from well, the grapevine. Well, and then if you have the extra seats besides the Eagle Club members, I mean, what you know, then what? Are you going to send out invitations? Then you have to send back an RSTD or whatever those things are. What VP Kelly or VP? Yeah, not RSTD. Okay, sorry. He's never filled one out before. Apparently, he just shows up. You know, but I mean, how you know what? How are they going to determine that? Is it going to be first come first serve? You know, because then if it's first come, first serve, then you got people hanging, mulling around, wanting to get in, in the, you know, not right. socially distanced. I, I don't, know. I don't think, just, I, I don't think if you haven't already, I don't think anybody other than like season ticket holders and, and, uh, Eagle Club members and like, you know, players, families, I think that's the only people that are getting in. I don't think there's going to be any way to buy single ticket games. Yeah, because and the point with the band and the cheerleaders too. Obviously, they should they're going to be entitled to have you know mm-hmm. a guest or two or whoever goes. So yeah, that'll that'll probably uh, you know encompass it. And you know on the high school front, a lot of people have said, well, if I can't go to the high school game, I'll just listen to it on my local you know radio station or whatever. Well, the problem with that is the MHSAA is, and and we we've talked about this before. But if you look at the MHSAA website, it still says the only people that will be allowed in the press box. For this year is the timekeeper yeah. who is a referee and the public address announcer you know and those are the only people that are going to be allowed in the press box so i guess we you could still have radio coverage but those people would be exposed to the elements and if it rains and you got you know other issues um so the point is is you may not even be able to hear your local high school this year although well, not every radio st- not every school has a radio affiliate no that, right. that's true right. Right. I read last night we're at Auburn, they're going to limit it, Luke, to the students and family of football players at their home games. I'm hearing it's 20% capacity at at Auburn. So, yeah, just see how they define it. Kelly, I've been kind of hearing that maybe – 
this has never happened before, but maybe the MHSAA didn't think about radio crews when they put that in there. It was mm-hmm. an overlook. It was a slight. You know, it, was, it wasn't an intentional slight. Uh, my dad gave me this past weekend some heavy-duty chairbacks with Southern Miss uh, Eagle on them. So I am prepared either way. I can set up in the stands or not. Um, but you're going to have more. I mean, we're going to have more room, but if it rains, I think it's going to be in the best interest of those schools, you know, to allow people to broadcast. And if, if the if that's true, the MHSA wasn't, you know, strictly saying no, you can't broadcast. It just didn't come into their mind because it's in their best interest to have the games broadcast. Yeah, but I but I would find it I would find it uh, very unusual if that wasn't considered because Todd Kelly, you know, with the MHSA, he, his job is you know media coordination and things like that, and he certainly has input on those sorts of things. And and I would certainly think that that you know radio or live stream or however people are going to you know present their games that that would have been discussed. Um, so by them wording it the way they worded it. It would seem to me that, look, you can still broadcast, do your radio, or do your live stream, but you just can't be in the press box, and you're going to have to figure it out. Well, let me just say that if you're hungry to hear a football game, you can hear one live this Friday night. If you're in Hattiesburg, it's going to be on 97.3. If you're anywhere in the world, you can hear it. SuperTalkHattiesburg.com, Presbyterian Christian School going to Escambia, Alabama, Kelly. And it'll be the first high school broadcast of the season Friday night. So, Kelly Center, there is going to be football. Oh, and there's there's no place more pretty this time of year than Escambia, Alabama. I vacation there, Kelly, so I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> we'll have it Friday night at 7 o'clock. That wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock right here on the Eagle Hour. Until then, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.